Jonathan, Sunday, Vic, enjoy this podcast. It could be your last. I've had a conversation with the president-elect. His first executive order, maybe his second, I think his first. Shut down the substandard podcast. Make podcasting great again. And the Golden Glove goes to, you got it, Moonlight. I don't deserve this. To die like this. I was building a house. Deserves got nothing to do with it. I'll see you in hell while you money. Hello and welcome back to The Substandard. I'm Victor Mattis along with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch. I'd like to remind you all that The Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look at our podcast and search for Substandard and you will easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. Many of you have and we are grateful. We are climbing the iTunes charts and the higher we rise, the more money we get. That's not true. Oh, actually, you're right. Is that true? No. Is that wait? Am I not getting my proper share of the funds? I just wanted to excite you for this episode. Uh, I guess we'll have to renegotiate our contract. Sorry, um, gentlemen. Uh, how are we doing? And how was the weekend? I'm doing great because the Packers won their wild card game against the New York uh, Giants. Sonny, That's my... how, how is it, Sonny, that you became a Packers fan? This is uh, old family lore that I just recently discovered is not actually true, more or less. But uh, my the original version of the story was my grandfather uh, played on the practice squad for the uh, uh, Vince Lombardi Packers he was invited to play on the uh, the the practice squad for the Vince Lombardi Packers. Whatever. Either way, point is, family has been Packers fans since like the fifties, sixties, whatever. Was he kind of like the Rudy of the team? Uh, no, he was just not good. Uh, <laughs> Nevertheless, but uh, no, my, my grandfather was great at everything. Um, but uh, I was very excited, uh, as I know uh, Steve Hayes, I'm sure was, and John McCormick. Uh, uh, your your colleagues. We got a lot of scones, a lot of scones at the lot of lot of uh, Green Bay Packers fans here. Uh, to uh, here's the thing: is when I'm watching a football team that I like play in a in a game, I don't want it to be a close game. Like my wife went to the University of Southern California, and the the Rose Bowl this year was one of the great games of all time, one of the great Rose Bowl performances of all time. Uh, insofar as it came down to the last play, and she was miserable. She was miserable. I don't want any part of that. I want. I want to be very, you know, kind of firm and confirmed in my uh, victory. Right. Crushing. Uh, and uh, that's what this game was. After about five minutes left to go in the the first half, the first half was very miserable to watch. I was very unhappy. Um, but now uh, things feel much better. Right. I think they were leading by two field goals, and then pretty much that was it. No, they were down by two field goals. I mean, the Giants. They were down. Yeah, yeah. The Giants Giants were up by by six uh, until about five minutes left in the Mm -hmm. uh, first half. And then the Packers just poured it on, and it was glorious. They know when to win, right? Because that way, I mean, the Redskins crushed them earlier in the season, but they were able to gather the forces at the end. Well, the Redskins are a garbage team. Uh, They're a garbage organization. True. And uh, JBL, I know you have a lot of thoughts about. The uh, Redskins fan base and media scene here in DC. I just want like two minutes of those. Can I? Can I just get like your very brief take on the awesomeness of the DC Redskins media scene? 
I hate them. I hate them so much. Yeah. Jonathan is, for the record, from Philadelphia. He's an yeah. Eagles fan. I want to hear all about the Eagles fan base later, but let's talk about the Skins South first. Jersey. Here's what I don't like about the Skins is the Skins fans have this ridiculous cockeyed optimism, which I just drives me insane. So I think that, oh, I'm yeah, please, I don't want to distract you while you're pouring more hooch. <laughs> the you don't have to pay attention. <laughs> the court broke, but let me get back to you in 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I can I can encapsulate this entire thing into one story. So the year is 2005, 2007, the, the Super Bowl year for the Eagles, where they had Terrell Owens as the just a having a monster year, McNabb having an MVP season, and you guys have both heard this story before. No, no, no. Uh, the the Eagles were, I believe, 13 and one on the season, clearly the best team in football. Uh, I was up in New Jersey that weekend, and the uh, the Eagles had won their game against the Dallas Cowboys to clinch home field throughout the playoffs, but Owens had gotten hurt. And I listened to sports talk radio as I drove south from Philadelphia <laughs> to D.C. And what you do, you can actually get Philly all the way down to the Miller D. Tidings Bridge, yeah. and after you cross that in the Susquehanna River, you pick up the D.C. sports talk radio. So as I'm going, I'm listening to caller after caller on Sports Talk Radio, and they are saying that like the 13 and one Eagles are finished. They, they you know, they, people saying, I mean, you know, look, I mean, obviously they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs, and obviously they're going to lose in the next two games. But I, frankly, I don't see how they could score another touchdown. They probably won't score again this season. It's over. It was unanimous. Every all the hosts thought this. All the fans and callers thought this. So cross over the Susquehanna River and get into the Philadelphia, the Washington media market. And the Redskins at this point had just won their first back-to-back games of the season. I believe they had gone to the gaudy mark of like five and eight. And caller after caller were saying how it was now clear that if they won out and a bunch of other teams lost, they could maybe sneak in with the final wild card. And then, once they had the final wild card, because Terrell Owens had now been hurt, it's entirely possible they could beat the Eagles after they win their wild card game. And from there, it was pretty much clear sailing to the Super Bowl. Yeah. This is a five-win yes. team, and fantastic. the fans and the and the, this the is hosts fantastic. all believed that they were Reveal. destined for the Super Bowl, and this is what drives me crazy. No, this and, is, and well, I'm with, it's, them. It's I'm with them all the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. DC is a total bandwagon town, right? Like mm-hmm. every every time the Nationals are in the playoffs, you know, it's like, oh, we're Nats town, we're World Series, but it's Strasburg gonna get but us the there. The bandwagon they need is the tiniest possible. Yeah, yeah. no, like, exactly. Literally, yeah. It's one win. It is. It they is, it is really Pollyanna. One game. It is yeah. the most Pollyanna. No, and yeah. to me, Pollyanna. And even is the, the call. And even and, he, and even even you know columnists. You know, if you you know, you could win the game by three points, and they're like, well, clearly we've hit a turning point here. You know, we've turned a corner, and if they don't. Then they also tend to think that there are a lot of you know structural issues, uh, but I absolutely agree, Jonathan, about listening to Philly radio when talking about the Eagles and how much people, you know, their own people hate the Eagles. And then once you cross over there and you listen to the Redskins and you get to listen to uh, Sonny Jurgensen and 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 uh, Rigo, oh, and Rigo. Sam, and Sam Huff, and you know what you hear you hear a lot of this. You hear a lot of you hear a lot of this. I think that's going on and over it's, there. You it's, know? Like, it's, yeah. it's like listening to Baghdad Bob. There is a Pravda <laughs> aspect to I the. Just think the they Go, press they can go DC, all the way. Which drives me insane. We just need a new, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. So fantastic. Yes. I love that. Uh, I love. I love JBL's. That's that's that, that take that, on that's the Redskins right. fandom. And uh, you know, always next year. Um, 
Uh, so uh, there no, you have it. No, no, that's, that's the point. <laughs> next year will be even worse. No, if experience has taught us on. anything, it's that whatever the question is, whatever the subject is, next year will always be. The Redskins worse. should definitely invest a hundred million dollars in on a one player, semi-competent game manager uh, well, who can yeah. throw a five-yard slant. Well, sometimes you know, they got they that, finally, that. The Kirk Cousins yes. thing is perfect. They got rid of their defensive coordinator Joe Barry, which I thought was good. <laughs> I'm sure that was no, the problem. That was the problem. And uh, but you know, I mean, I think the owner is learning. It's going to take him a couple more decades to learn. But you know, it's sort of the I have millions of dollars, so I want to win now, mummy. Right. You right. know, and you just can't do it that way. You it's how I feel. Slow it's build. how I feel about the substandard. It's a slow build, but you know, I mean, millions of dollars. You know, why can't we be like the Cowboys? We got we, you know, got, we got the sta- yeah. the substandards like that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. All right. So aside from the uh, playoffs, let's talk about something really manly. Oh yeah, the Golden Globes. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because that's what every man was watching. Yes, over you know on the Sunday night. And uh, did you? Wait, was Kate Upton in the news? Uh, at the Golden Globes? Oh no, no I'm sorry. Her, <laughs> something else. It was yeah, uh, yeah. So the the Golden Globes award ceremony with the foreign oh, press, the Hollywood, the Hollywood pr- foreign, foreign press, the Hollywood oh, foreign right. press, Jonathan. Those Globes. Right. It I'm, really is still a missed sorry. opportunity that Kate Upton was not in Harry Potter's Fantastic Beasts. Oh, that was a yes. That was a that would have been something. So, uh, we watched. Uh, I see. I guess I watched parts of it. There's what I like about them versus the Oscars. I don't think there's there aren't any song and dance numbers. Is that correct? Yes. There's no. It's very long productions, yeah. and this goes on to no. midnight or after midnight. Few it's, montages. Let's get to the. Let's yeah. get to, and there's a lot of nominees because they do TV and film at the right. same time. So well, they do TV and film at the same time, which means that there are a lot of actor and show and director nominees. nominees. But there are no there are no technical categories. There's there's no like best costume. Uh, yes, best, I, that's you right. Know. That's right. So the that's awards right. that people actually care about, we get a lot of those. Right, as opposed Globes. to the ones that they'll say previously not filmed. Here yeah, are the yeah, winners yeah. and yeah. things like that. And they also split the genres, don't they? So yes, you know, with so the exception, drama and uh, comedy. That's right. Get. Although I was surprised. I guess director is overall director. I, I was guess. very confused. I don't, I don't know how this I thought. Goes. I thought that Mel Gibson was up for a director. I he was. Know, he was. He was. But he lost to Damien Chazelle, who yes. won right. for the musical La La Land. Yes. So that's all one big thing. So you're thing. telling me that you didn't think Hacksaw Ridge was a musical or comedy? Because, I mean, <laughs> frankly, if you saw it, it was a laugh a minute. I believe Matt Damon made the same joke, didn't he, about The Martian being nominated no, as a comedy? What? That was ridiculous, because the, the Martian is actually kind of funny. It's actually pretty funny. I laughed more times in The Martian than I did at, like... Uh, five of the movies that were nominated uh, for in, comedy? in the comedy category that year. I, I think one of the uh, the big factors in making that funny had to do with the soundtrack because it was a whole idea, wasn't it? I mean, that plays throughout in sort of the absurdity of listening to disco music on a foreign planet. That, that was, Those are the cheapest laughs, though. Yeah, I, I would say the yeah, book I mean, is yeah. insanely funny. Yeah. And it is oh, it's actually really funny. Yeah, it's actually, humor. yeah. The, it's, the book it's is Matt, fabulous. Matt Damon being like kind of dry and mm-hmm. wry mm-hmm. into the camera by himself. It's fantastic. It, like he is actually a very very funny actor. People don't appreciate. Well, people don't appreciate this about Matt Damon. He is extremely funny. Uh, his his yeah. he, his he like has three minute cameo in Euro Trip is one of the funniest three minute cameos ever recorded. Put film. that put that in show notes. That would be a good link. Yes. So, what was your overall take of the Golden Globes? Uh, my overall take was that I love the fact that La La Land won like seven awards because it drives all of the like nerds on film Twitter crazy because they hate this movie. They really hate it for some reason. And I don't. <laughs> you can only see what Jonathan's it. doing right now. I don't get it. Me and John Podhoritz, who is a very classy, 
individual. We both love this movie, uh, f- you know, I'm, and frankly, we're great. I, so. I am being totally straight faced and serious here because I have not seen what John said. John thinks this is the greatest movie since Mamma Mia, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a Mom- low I'm, I'm asking this totally straight face. Best of movie of the year. He says best movie of the year. Okay. Um, Although he also really loved uh, another movie I did not see, which was the uh, that bank heist movie. Um, you loved it, uh, the chasing around. You know, I mean, they uh, they got with Chris Pine in it. What's the it, chasing? What's it? Oh, hell or, hell or high water. Hell or high water. Okay, good. That was. He I'm glad that. that we spent twenty seconds that was figuring close. out what hell or high yeah, water was. Yeah. Uh, the, Do you like that no, too? Uh, so obviously, the big the big story out of the Golden Globes was Meryl Streep uh, uh, attacking our great and glorious president uh, Donald Trump, president elect. He's you know obviously the the sun and the moon and the stars. So we can't really let that slide. I would, frankly, uh, instead of discussing her speech, like to talk about the glorious leader's retort, which is that Meryl Streep is overrated. Uh-huh. Uh, and if we are going to say whether or not Meryl Streep is overrated, we have to decide what do we decide uh, her, her like what is rated like how do how do we rate her how does how does how do we decide and for me on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is not a movie that she is in that I don't like her in. So I think she's properly rated. No, I, I Meryl Streep. No, Meryl Streep. Even, Meryl I will Streep. tell you this. Not Glenn Close. Yes, no, we'll get to that in a second. Um, politics aside, I, I think she's an amazing actress. And I agreed with her somewhat of her concerns when she gave that Squish, speech. Squish, cock. I totally, yes. Cock. Well, I'm just not sure who's listening to us right now, Sonny. Uh. So just in case they tune us off, hey, I'm here. Uh, but uh, that said... Um, all our performances, all our performances have been great. Even in the movies, I, I, the Deer Hunter, you know. And what do you mean, even, even in the Deer, deer Hunter? Hunter. <sighs> the Deer Hunter is one of her best movies. Three. I felt like it was four hours. Deer Hunter. We'll get into a. Oh my god! <laughs> sorry. God bless America. The second God bless America at the end. That was great. Uh, and uh, Sophie's Choice, obviously. You could. I. I. But I. I agree with you. Everything that she's done. I mean, even even that. Even the movie about uh, the Iron Lady. The Thatcher movie, which is a terrible movie, but she was great. Wrong. Wrong that she was great or wrong it was terrible? Wrong, wrong. I think that the trailer was the best part of that, the movie there. And I just didn't like the idea of the imaginary Dennis Thatcher haunting her. It was, it was just too crazy. I'm sorry. It was, no. Okay. Jonathan, you're up. Death Becomes Her? <laughs> well, no. So this is, I'm working on a blog post right now with the Free Beacon uh, blog. Which will come up way before this ever airs, so you'll you'll never know if I was lying about this. Uh, about how this is actually her best movie, her greatest performance is in Death Becomes Her. Okay, well I haven't seen it since I was twelve, so <laughs> I am open to who who that else is correct. in that movie? Is it Roseanne Barr? No, it's Goldie oh, Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Right, Jesus, right. I get uh, confused. I I don't dislike Meryl Streep. She's a wonderful actress. I I have a. I, if we're ranking, if this is the ranking of the actresses, I would say that Glenn Close is what everybody says that Meryl Streep is. Glenn Close is the great actress of her generation and the woman with the greatest range who can do all sorts of interesting things. I understand this including is a minority. Cru- inclu- including Cruella DeVille. This is a minority opinion. I'm happy to. And maybe this is really Coke versus Pepsi that, you know, you're, it's just a preference. Uh I, I don't have anything bad to say about Meryl Streep, except that I I generally prefer Glenn Close. There. So, That's fine. Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, I'm not gonna. I no. I I don't. I don't. I don't think you can really make mount a case against Glenn Close. Mounting a case against Glenn Close is like mounting a case against uh, a possession receiver in the NFL. It's like, okay, yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah. Damages. Fatal. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Damages. Rose uh, Byrne was better in that though. So. Rose Byrne is fantastic in that. She's fantastic in everything. That is. You know what? She's so good that she even steals little pieces of the X Men. Oh yeah, to totally. Yeah, totally. No, Rose Byrne is yeah. really or neighbors. Under, uh, well, neighbors. She's clearly the best thing in neighbors. Like that's not yeah. even a that's not even up for debate. You know who else is good in that? Ike Barinholtz. Oh yeah, yeah he is really good. good. He is good. Because he yeah, has yeah. one of the worst lines yeah. in the movie. Isn't he's she get me to the yeah. Greek too? And she's great in that. Ooh, I don't know. And of course, bridesmaids, bridesmaids, of course. Do, yeah, right. Rose Byrne can do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her. Um, and sunshine, sunshine. I would say Fatal Attraction would not be Fatal Attraction without Glenn Close. And right. I know, I mean, I... Uh, well, it's funny, she's not a Harridan, like all... Like, it's, again, it's, yeah. a, it's a stretch mm-hmm. for her. Not It's not Kathy Bates playing, you know, no. Misery, who's right. forever right. Kathy Bates after that. And when she takes, you know, the scissors and is cutting herself at the very end of that movie, and she's got the crazy eyes, I mean, I, I think only she could have done that. And there are other... I mean, there was talk about who else could have played that role, but really, I, they couldn't have done better than her. Um, okay. This is awesome. There, there we go on on that. Uh, what else? Oh yes, I, I'm going to give. I want to take another shot at All right. this bottle. We, we, you know what? One of the reasons. Can you can you, yes, can you just get explain. to the spirit of the week? We have a crisis here on the episode, which is uh, one of the. We have two spirits of the week, and uh, the first one is Bullet Bourbon. We love Bullet. We've just jumped to the spirit of the week, oh. Frontier Whiskey, uh, delicious from Kentucky. Um, but uh, we were running short on that, and our backup is our old favorite old line whiskey from Maryland, uh, and unfortunately, the cork is broken. And and it's stuck. It is lodged, and it's very hard for us to continue on the show without. I don't know what we're supposed I don't know to do. I can't function I don't know right now because we I, can't like, open the frankly, bottle. I am really disappointed. I, we need in like all a this. wrench. I can think, we send? A, to, can we send an intern out to the store to I get so, another really bottle quick, of liquor, get, like a handle? Of so anything. Your hands are shaking. Handle. You don't have anything. I just. Oh, I really so can't. I can't handle this. Of anything. Okay. God. Uh, was there anything? Wasn't else? there some vodka in your office? Yes. Or yes. I'll drink vodka no, straight. I also have. You know what? As luck would I have nail polish remover. Yes. Uh, that, Give me that. Have, here it Do is. Do we have any ethyl alcohol? Oh, that. No. Barbicide. I got barbicide. We're, we're good to go. Uncle um, Ned, I think you might have a problem. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts on the Golden Globes before we move on? You think that La La Land is probably then going to win everything at the Oscars? Yes. I have a serious question. When is the last time that a musical was nominated for Best Picture but didn't win it? Because I, I my theory is that if you put out a musical and it's good enough to get nominated, the makeup of the Academy is just so soft on musicals that they'll just give it to you. Uh, was nine nominated? Oh, for best picture. right. That's a good question. That would be the only. That, that would be that would be the only one I would think recently that that might make the cut. Meh. I'm efforting. Okay. In the meantime, uh, moving on to our big block. Yes. As we say, so I haven't said since you haven't said that one. Since the yeah. first That's episode. true, but that, you know what? This that. episode. Go back to work on your transitions. Uh, totally fetched out. Is totally everything fetched. about this? This last five minutes or so <laughs> could really probably be, be on be the cut. cutting room floor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you are seeing what movie this week? I'm sorry. Uh, not nominated for best picture. All right. It was not nominated okay. for best. Okay, but it did get. Did Daniel Day? Who was? It did get a bunch of Oscar nominations. Javier Bardem. I get confused. Who's in that one? No, no, no wins. No, no wins. wins. Only no. nominations. Okay. Penelope Cruz. Right. There you go. Yeah. I'll give her. I, she definitely deserves a award. I'm a big fan of Penelope Cruz in anything. Sonny, this week. 
at the movies. Uh, at the movie theaters this week, you've got uh, on Friday you have Patriots Day, uh, directed by Peter Berg, uh, debuting, which is a movie about the Boston Marathon bombing and the uh, the subsequent chase to catch the guys who perpetrated that. Um, and you also have uh, Live by Night, which is the Ben Affleck directed. A prohibition era gangster film which uh his both of these movies were supposed both of these movies got uh qualifying runs for the oscars they were they were supposed to get like kind of you know they released um, it in time yeah, yeah. for consideration yeah we we, we we in the washington area film critics association did not get screenings of these films and we were supposed to and it was very it was very that's never a good sign is when when they they start canceling screenings um, i mean just based on the trailers it did yeah and i love gangster movies this did not grab me. Yeah, it, it the, so Live by Night uh, is getting very mediocre reviews. I think Patriot's Day is actually getting better reviews. Um, it has a very solid second act uh, kind of action sequence, uh, which mirrors what actually happened in Boston. Remember, there was like a giant shootout with the the Boston bombers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, or or filming um, a city that's completely abandoned, which was right. very surreal. Yeah. Uh, or well locked down. It wasn't locked really down. abandoned. Yeah, right. You know, sorry. Everyone was there. They just weren't you right. know coming outside. Right, right. Uh, so anyway, I'm I'm extremely ex- I I will see Patriots Day this week uh, at the preview. I will not see Live by Night. And so um, this is good for Wahlberg because yet again he gets to uh, just uh, not have to worry about an accent and just talks. Yeah, he gets he was, to do Boston. Yeah, yeah he, he loves do, again. doing Boston. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's interesting yeah. about both of these movies is that they're directed by guys who like want who well in the case of Affleck who obviously is an actor first he's like a you know he's a a well-received uh, action star and movie star generally speaking who has shifted very credibly into directing which is rare what was relatively rare what was his uh, directorial debut do you remember was it uh, um, wasn't the Peter town Burke? it was um no no uh, Ben Affleck Affleck's uh, first uh, uh, movie gone, was Gone Girl right. no 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 no, no, no. Uh, um, I've got it. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Not Mr. Uh, Mystic right River here. is Clint Eastwood. No, uh, it's Gone Baby Gone. Gone, Gone Baby, Baby Gone, Gone. Yeah. with Casey Affleck, right, right. Uh, who is uh, probably going to win Oscar for Best Actor, who won at the Golden for Globes. Manchester by for the Manchester sea. by the Sea. But that's not directed by him. Not directed by him. No. That, that was directed by Ken Lonegren, who is oh, a yeah, uh, yeah. playwright. Awesome. Yeah. Here, really quickly, uh, to go back to the. Um, Golden Globes. You know how what's really interesting? They kept on flashing. You know, they keep on flashing to people in the audience. The one person they kept on flashing to, at least when I was watching it, Christian Slater. <laughs> really? Yes. And I figured out because I believe he's a creator or a producer for Mr. Robot. Yes. Well, yeah, so, he's one of the executive sorry. producers. I yeah. think, For Mr. Robot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just kept on showing uh, him. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, you know, uh, yeah. it's it's interesting that Affleck has kind of moved into this directorial realm so well uh it is hard to do for actors sometimes i think that um actors who direct have a tendency to focus on acting to an exclusion of everything else for instance this also this year uh, you have denzel washington directing fences right which is which is a totally creditable movie it's like i i think it's relatively well done um and uh it is very much an actor's movie it is denzel kind of like putting the camera right. on actors yeah. being like yeah. do your thing and and whether or not denzel is a good director of actors is hard to say because frankly he's got a lot of talent to work right. there 
first of all, he's got Denzel Washington right. in the lead role. Yeah. I mean, like Denzel Washington directing mm-hmm. Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. you know, but he's also got Viola Davis. Viola Davis is going to win uh, all of the awards. And she's hot for right Suicide now. Squad, she, she, right? Yeah, for Suicide Squad. Right, right. Well, I mean, f- frankly, she should be winning for Suicide Squad. She will win for Fences because it's more. Oh, you know, sort of makeup award. Yeah, right, right. It's, you know, it's really, it's really all politics. Yeah. It's all Hollywood yeah. politics. Yeah. Uh, uh, like Al Pacino with set of a woman. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. Uh, and then you have you have another one. You have uh, you have Mel Gibson. You have Mel Gibson who is directing in Hacks- who is directing Hacksaw Ridge. So not starring in that. Hacksaw it's- got snubbed, didn't it? No, I don't think Hacksaw got snubbed. I think Hacksaw has received about the appropriate amount of recognition, which is to say that it has received several nominations, but very few wins. Uh, at the Globes, I mean, it didn't win anything. Yeah, yeah, right. right. That's what I mean. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it got nominated for Best Director. It got nominated for Best Actor. And frankly, I think both of those are stretch picks. Um, even though I really liked Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson's direction in that movie, I really liked Andrew Gar- Garfield in that movie, but he's better in Silence. Ah. Actually better in Silence. He's had um, a busy year. Uh uh, so yep. anyway, you you have these movies where uh, actors are are directing. It's very it's you know it's it's hard. It's hard for it's hard for them to make that shift. And some do better than others. Everyone can do it. I mean, it seems like if they have enough you know backing, then they can give it a, give it a whirl. Um, and Peter Berg, you mentioned, and he was an I mean, You see some of this goofy stuff he'd been in early in his life in his career. Mm-hmm. And then he started doing directing, and obviously he's taken off much more as a director than an actor. Yeah, sure. No, totally. Uh, I mean, I think Peter Berg is probably one of our preeminent action directors right now. He's, you know, I think The Kingdom is one of the few, like, actually good movies about the war on terror that has been made that came out in 2004. Um, And it is one of the few movies that actually kind of captures that, uh, that, that, kind of panic sensibility of post 9 yeah. 11 trying to figure out what's going on and what isn't um uh but he's also uh, the rundown is a fantastic action comedy uh, starring the rock and sean william scott uh, like i i the, when the rundown came out i was convinced that uh the rock and sean william scott were going to be like the next big things and the rock kind of is kind of kind of kind of is not kind of is uh sean william scott has kind of disappeared which he is has. very very odd yeah. Very odd. Uh, but also, you know, like uh, Peter Berg is like shifted into this kind of docudrama um, realm where he's making uh, yeah, Battleship. He made Deep Water Horizon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Deep Water yeah, Horizon, yeah. which is about that. About yeah. Milton Bradley games. <laughs> Peter Berg directed <laughs> Battleship? Yeah. Yikes. Anyway. It's just one misfire. Everyone gets <laughs> one misfire. True. Was it because. Hancock? Did, did they just. Hancock is actually really good. Did Hancock, go ahead, Jonathan. Hancock Why don't you take really the good. floor? I like Peter Berg. No, 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 no not, in general, just talk. Uh, yeah, no, this is not. Yeah, this ahead. is not. I'm not anti Peter Berg. I, Peter Berg is a little bit like Michael Mann light, which is a compliment. Um, I, if you want, worked under Michael Mann. Yeah, worked, yeah. Clearly, he pulled his sensibility from Michael Mann, and you could not do better in terms of like having your formation uh, be from someone like Michael Mann. I like Peter Berg. I think he's he's good. Do you have a favorite uh, actor who's become director, a director or former actor? Well, so this is the thing about actor-directors. William Goldman wrote about this in, I want to say it was, which lie did I tell? Um, 
He said actor directors, he said everybody without even realizing they're doing it automatically goes and gives a giant bonus credit to actors who direct. He said it's like going to the circus and you see the dancing bear Mm -hmm. and you see the dancing bear and you're like, oh my God, that bear is dancing. It's amazing. Look at it. Can you believe that that bear right there is dancing like a person? If someone came over to you and said, well, do you think that bear could dance like, you know, the prima ballerina role at the Bolshoi? You'd say, well, no, obviously not, but it's a bear. It's not a person. Look at it. And that's kind of like actors and directing. No, I think that's you know, right. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's, oh my gosh, it's Angelina Jolie and she's just an actress and yeah, she's directed right. a movie right. and made yeah. it happen. Right. And a lot of that. So Angelina are, Jolie, who I love, is a very good example of an actress who should not be directing. I, I, I. Yes. Yeah. There are there so are that means you didn't like Unbroken. There are a Unbroken bunch is of totally fine. Yeah. Unbroken is totally fine, but it just like there's nothing special about it and it is again one of these movies that is very focused on the acting. Yeah. So so there are basically three reasons why actors decide they want to direct. I mean, taking as given that all actors, like this is a joke in Hollywood, right? What I really want to do is direct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone says that. And of course, it doesn't work for the Foley artists, right? There's, there's no sound design guy or costume woman who has been running this stuff for 40 years and knows a lot about movies who a studio ever says, here's $20 million. Go ahead and make a movie for us. <laughs> it's only the actors somehow. Right. They must have some special insight into the craft. Uh, so there are three reasons why actors decide to go direct. The most common is just that they're the ones who have the ability to get the studio to finance the movie. So they've got some idiot vanity project or maybe a very well-meaning vanity project that they think that they can bring to the screen and they decide they don't just want to produce it, but they want to direct it. We talk a lot, I talk a lot about Tom Cruise. One of the things I love about him is that he has never once wanted to direct something. He has all sorts of ideas about projects he wants to be seen brought to the screen, and so he takes a very active producing role, but he doesn't try to direct. And I think that shows a lot of self-knowledge, and more actors ought to follow his And you think restrained as well. Yeah, yeah, don't you think? Yeah. No, totally, totally. You know, right. I was looking back, and, and I was curious about some of the great actors uh, from the past, and Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, and Humphrey Bogart have no director credits, just actors. Well, they're working in a very different... Well, they're different. Although Charlie Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin... Well, Charlie Chaplin... He was an actor, and he's got 72 director credits. Which is especially amazing, because he was mute. He couldn't even talk. I didn't know it was magic. Anyway, go ahead. So so number two, the second reason they do it, is because they are an actor who decides that they have to take their career into their own hands and that nobody else is going to make movies for them if they don't do it themselves. And so like, this is what Woody Allen did. This is mm. what John Favreau did with Swingers. Right. And I, I actually respect that quite a lot. An actor who decides, like, look, I am not a matinee idol. I am not somebody who is naturally going to be a leading man who some studio yeah. is going to put into a giant tentpole movie and then allow them to make later down the line their movies they want to watch want to make so i'm just gonna do it myself and i think that there's there's a lot to respect in that so then we have the 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 one who kind of transcends yes both of these categories right we can't well, I, we haven't gotten to the third oh, category please, please. which is the the actors who who genuinely have an artistic and directorial vision and are better directors than they are actors yes. and so like rob reiner penny marshall ron howard and so there, some these these Venn diagram these circles overlap tiny bits here mm-hmm. and there, but mm-hmm. not really. I mean, you really can plop them into buckets. Uh, there there are some people who who transition a little bit between them. Mel Gibson would be one of them. Uh, who else will we say? Um, Robert Redford. 
Well, I would call Redford a dilettante, frankly, if you look at his stuff. Um, Agreed. Clooney, Ed Harris. The, the, the big even one. God, God bless him. Philip Seymour Hoffman no. is kind of a dilettante in this. this, is, yeah, this he should big. not be directed. The big one is Eastwood. Eastwood. Right. Yeah, we like need to, the the we, big one like, is Eastwood. So how do we how do we categorize Eastwood? So Eastwood, he's in his own I would think, would drop in. He's not in his own category. Uh, I would say that he. I would drop him into a bucket with one other guy, Kenneth Branagh. Hmm. Yeah, and the the interesting thing about this, and this is actually a side conversation. We move this down the line, or just not talk about it at all. But I, as I was thinking about this and looking through, it is interesting to me that the financial range of movies directed by actors is very very narrow. Yeah, they will direct movies between five and maybe forty or fifty million dollars. You do not see anybody aside from Kenneth Branagh taking on a movie that's eighty to a hundred million dollars or more. And even that was only a Marvel movie. And it was a Marvel movie. Yeah. Right. It's built so they it. really, I, I wonder why that, is. I imagine that it's literally just the financial constraints. The, stu- the studios are willing to pay right. for the vanity of actors who want to direct, especially in, uh, somebody like Woody Allen, who makes like $12 million movies that are always delivered right. on time yeah. and that gross at least 20 yeah. or $30 million, always make their money back. Eastwood is like that. You know he's going to deliver. Eastwood, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, isn't he always uh, ahead of schedule and under budget? Under, same, same with Woody Allen. Yeah. Yeah, right. same thing with Woody Allen. The interesting thing with Robert Redford is he's only done like 10 movies he's directed. And there are a few uh, obviously bad ones in there. But I was saying with Sonny earlier, um, he did There are nine of them, and they're almost all bad. Yeah, they're, they're pretty Quiz much show. all Quiz show. Quiz show is the Quiz one is good. movie. River runs through it. Yeah. And uh, River runs slowly. And uh, Ordinary People. Yeah. Ordinary People. Yeah. Uh, he was. That's you, it. you look at me. Lions for and that lambs. was. Yeah, they were terrible. I'm sorry. I'm a conspirator. Keep, I know the company. Keep. However, if you look at, Blogger I mean, it is interesting. War. So his Quiz show, debut. Quiz show though is one of those movies that succeeds great. because he just focuses on the actors, and it's a great and cast. It's, it's a great, a tremendous cast. cast. Ordinary People also has a tremendous cast because Timothy Hunt won for uh, Best Supporting Actor, and uh, that was his first. That was his directorial debut that won four Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director. That's not bad. No, you cannot. You cannot grade these people based on their Oscar t- uh, yeah. production because, as I said, this is the dancing right. bear. The Academy goes crazy for acting. The Academy, stuff. which is mostly actors, I will still maintain it's a good movie, and it's also a great cast. Much like uh, Quizshow, Donald Sutherland. Vic, Vic is Sonny's turning away. Vic, Vic is Donald wrong Sutherland, Mary Tyler Moore, and Judd Hirsch. Boy, Legend of Bagger Vance was awesome. Ugh. Anyway. Uh, no, but so Eastwood is the guy who really does, and and interestingly, that Eastwood is often but not always directing himself, and that also makes him a little interesting because mm. he he's different. From, everybody else tends to they will either direct themselves or they won't direct themselves. They pull out and you know they'll be in some small bit part somewhere, but they they don't like actually take an active right, right take an active role in it, and and Eastwood goes between the two and i don't know where we i mean you could say that he's made four star films in four decades i I, I, he's like scorsese uh no but he was not an actor okay no i mean as a quality of director here's the thing if we're if we're doing the pantheon i'm I'm, I'm, you know what i would put eastwood i don't know about sunny but i'm not taking the bait no i'm not gonna take the bait either next to scorsese i'm not gonna take the bait either because eastwood is not as good a director but i would say that he does have Probably my two favorite westerns under his belt. Yeah, uh, High Plains Drifter, High which Plains is Drifter, yeah. totally underrated by the average audience, but I think is properly rated by smart people. Um, 
is a kind of uh, uh, it is it is a subversion and rejection of the the man with no name trilogy where this guy kind of rolls into mm-hmm. town and teaches mm-hmm. all the townsfolk that they need to learn their lesson about how terrible they were um and also unforgiven obviously yeah. which is i thought you could go outlaw josie wales no i was not going to go there um but i will be honest i i am not a huge clint eastwood director fan i uh i i would say the only other of his movies that i really love firefox uh, Firefox is great. <laughs> I was a Vic Mattis. I have That's a question a classic for Classic Cold War movie. That is a classic Please. Cold War As movie. Megan Kelly would say, Please stand finish. by. Please stand finish. by. Mm-hmm. How many times as a child did you watch Firefox? A few, think Russian. <laughs> think Russian. That's a few times. Just a few times. Sonny, please continue. The jet reads your mind, man. All yeah. right. Uh, a Perfect World with Kevin Costner, which I think is actually a totally, a totally, again, totally underrated uh, uh, 19, I think it's set in the 60s. It's set in the 60s. Uh, uh, a movie starring Kevin Costner as a criminal who was broken out and has like, kind of kidnapped a little kid. And the, the kid and, and Kevin Costner bond while Clint Eastwood is trying to track them down. It's really, really good. It's really, it's and the kid's not annoying. Moments. The kid does not ruin the movie. No, the kid's not annoying, and he's, he's, he's fine. Uh, but, you know, kind of the rest of his stuff, Million Dollar uh, wow. uh, Baby, um, uh, not for Gran you. Torino I like. I Gran Torino I like, Gran but has I, I've cooled on a little bit since I saw it originally. Uh, some of the acting by some of the other actors has put a weight on it. Yeah. I think people have problems with that. Uh, yeah. But you know what's really interesting is also I remember in the 90s Clint Eastwood receiving either from the Oscars or the Golden Globes uh, uh, the Lifetime Achievement Award, and they had given it to him just prior to him doing In the Line of Fire and before he directed Unforgiven. And they figured, okay, you know, the grand arc of it, they did a whole montage with all the Westerns and Dirty Harry, and congratulations, you led a full life. Congratulations. You know? Yeah. And then, of course, he goes on for another 20 years of just amazing things. So what I would say about Eastwood as a director is that unlike truly great directors— there are times when you will get the sense from a movie of his that he just didn't get all of the bat on the ball. Um, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, Mystic River, both of which are these movies shot through with narrative promise and that just don't quite work. And for no real reason, except that the director didn't really follow through on on story vision. Um, and you see that, I yeah, Invictus, you could probably say that also about Jadger, you could say about that. So he's got some yeah. great movies where he really makes it work and connects, but but he really, even Eastwood, who's the greatest of the actor, I think we would say the greatest of the actor directors. Yeah, I'll uh, say so. It, it just <laughs> isn't as good as a actual professional right. no, director. He's, he's, he's not, he doesn't, I think, uh, kind of conceive of many of these things visually. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts on... No, just that we I should, think we that, should all yeah. prepare yeah. for Ben Affleck to win like five Best Director awards over the course over of his course. career because he did he, what he won did he win for I know Argo won he Best did not Picture, win for Argo he did, he did for he, it was it was a big it was actually oh, kind of a surprising right, snub he did not win for Argo that's he was right. not even nominated for Argo that's interesting that is interesting yeah. if I remember correctly maybe check I'll that eff- I'll effort that. Uh, okay. But I, if I remember correctly, it was a big snub at the time that Argo was nominated and won Best Picture wrongly, I think. Uh, but it, it won. Um, who did you, do you remember who you thought it should have gone to? If I remember correctly, that's the year that Zero Dark Thirty. Was oh right, up, it was the two. Which, yeah, that, which yeah. was a much, which was a much, much mm-hmm. better film. I would have given Best Supporting Actor to the guy who played Leon Panetta in Zero Dark Thirty. Not even nominated. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good call. Anyway. So he's not he's not been nominated for best director, I don't think. Was he nominated for for uh, the town? I don't think he was. Um, efforting. Okay. Corrections. I have none. Sonny Bunch really? has zero. Perfect. Mr. Perfect. I will say uh, I only have one, which was last episode. I was I was so entranced by Sonny telling us about his Christmas present of the Pappy Van Winkle 23 year. 20. 20. Oh. That's okay. a correction right now. 20. There is a, isn't there a 23 as well? Or there no? is a 23. Wow. Okay. So they also do a 20. Gotta and, be up on the mic there, Tommy. We can't yeah. hear you. <laughs> I'm, He's checked out. I've he's, leaned back because I have no corrections. <laughs> and uh, I think I said I can't wait for it to be next year's Spirit of the Week when I met next week. Sorry you misunderstood me, Sonny, so next week you can bring in the Pappy. Thank you. <laughs> he's totally out. All right. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring this nonsense. So I'll JBL. make Sonny's correction for Thank him. You. He had said Wolf of Wall Street was the top-grossing Scorsese movie. It is not. Uh, the top grossing Scorsese movies are The Departed and then Shutter Island. Uh, that's if you just take them by raw numbers. If you adjust for ticket inflation, it's Departed, Cape Fear, Aviator, Shutter, Shutter Island, and then Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I said beta between two things when I should have said delta. delta. Beta actually is in finance, not it's different. Sonny um, said Delta, and I was Sonny confused. did. Sonny I, was I did. I oh. didn't correct you at the time because I don't correct my co-hosts. In the midst I of said their story. Paul Thomas Anderson was 25 when he directed Boogie Nights. No, he was 27. Oh, 27. he's an old man. He's an old man then. Nick, what were he's you doing man. when you were 27 yeah, years old? Again, I was line editing here at the Weekly Standard, and I tell you, I caught more than a few double spaces and italicized commas. So take that, Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, man. You mentioned- The italicized commas are not as bad as the bolded commas, though. You know, the bolded oh, commas, yeah, they sneak in there. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. They are sneaky. Uh, Jonathan, you talked about the great scene in Boogie Nights with the steady cam, and it's completely one cut. He does one on himself, actually, in Magnolia. I think that goes on long the opening of Magnolia, and he goes from the game show place to all the different characters. And I believe it's all one. I don't think there's any cuts to that. I was actually seasick by the time it ended. It that's, seemed very continuous. That's not a that's not a correction. No, I'm just pointing it out. All right. Yeah, all right. Remember, this is the part, Sonny, that's called corrections and clarifications. That's What are you that clarifying? Clarif I'm clarifying my thoughts. My okay. listener and correspondent, my buddy John Vecchioni, who's a lawyer in town, says... Uh, uh, he says, I saw that Sonny Bunch rolled his director list back to those active in 1916, put Stanley Kubrick on it. But yes. isn't William Wyler better than all of those guys? No. Did he not make pictures in the 1960s? You guys are showing your boomer Gen X bias. Uh, I think he's thinking about maybe Some Like It Hot, but that's Billy Wilder. And I always get no, confused between William, Billy Wilder William and William Wilder. Wilder. You don't know who William no, Wilder is? talking about William I, Wilder. Oh, my God. Sunset Boulevard. Delete Sunset your Bo account. Sunset Boulevard, I know. There is an iTunes review right now right? from uh, listener oh. Sherpa Float, which says, I made my sister listen to the podcast, and the greatest compliment I've ever received is when she said that Sonny Bunch reminded her of me. Sherpa, Sherpa Float must be a real jerk. You are, you are my new favorite listener, Sherpa Float. And a huge thank you to friend of the show, Brian Fawn, who stopped by our offices today to give me a little care package of... Rogue One movie posters from what? the AMC, the IMAX. They are awesome. How did you... Wait, first off... Thank you, thank Brian Fautnan. The and fact that Brian Fautnan is bringing those to JVL instead thank of Sunny Bunch Brian. is very disappointing. And he prided himself in saying that there were no stains on the posters. <laughs> Until now. No, no, I'm going to have them laminated so it'll just wipe right off. <laughs> Hi-oh. 
Oh, uh, one yes. more thing. Yes, I, go uh, ahead. I got a text from another friend of ours, a uh, friend of the show, Bill Walsh. Oh, good Nina, Bill Walsh. I love Bill Walsh. And Bill Walsh. Uh, the creator of the West Coast offense? To tell me <laughs> that uh, uh, he was driving. He lives out in Nina, Wisconsin. was driving two hours on Sunday morning to take his son to a hockey game, and they were going to listen to the substandard while they went. And I That's said, good. stop, stop, stop. Yeah, just don't, don't do that. Dad, don't, I, Dad why can't I get a personal massager? Yeah, I said, that we have too many <laughs> dick Which jokes. episode was it? Too many dick jokes. There were not uh, every, enough. Every episode. Uh, speaking of which, well, this is a, uh, I was going to say, I was going through the Sunday inserts uh, this is kind of an outtake, so but it was such a perfect segue just now. But I'll wait till the outtakes. Uh, let's You're just, not supposed to tell uh, people that we no, actually do the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's coming off this episode, by the way. Just you know, the 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 the, the curtain has been drawn back, and there's the wizard running. Of, you know, lots of buttons, lot of breaking and wheels, the fourth wall, a lot of breaking the fourth wall. Again, I'd like to point out that the spirit of the week was bullet bourbon, but we only had a little bit of it because it was a small bottle, and that was part of the Di- It's part of the Diageo family. It's very nice, you know. And uh, do these uh, frontier these whiskey give you guys free booze? Because they ought to. No, the amount of airtime you yes. give to no. these ridiculous distilleries. They're not ridiculous. Well, this really is. Good. I wonder why we don't get oh. any bottles of free liquor from uh, these oh, people because you know somebody's might somebody I suggest calls question, calls uh, considering we're number forty nine on ridiculous. iTunes. Might I suggest that you not like mention the names of these things until these people start like actually comping you bottles? Well, Isn't Vic, it the Vic, whole point Vic is loves, to mention them to get the free bottles? Vic loves to not give away free ads. I, that's I his favorite thing. Like you gotta honestly. give a little to get a little. That's not how it works. You know, I'm a professional advertiser. God, I believe. I believe it's you get the money. Oh my God! That's everything. Gonna, that's about, never going to happen. Then everything um, about this. I got news for you, that's never going to happen. And then we went all back to our old line, but the court broke, and that itself is a tragedy. That's all the time we have on this week's episode of the Substandard. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorina Mattis at Sunny Bunch. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on at JV Last. No, at JV Last. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play and very soon Spotify. Just type in substandard under podcast. We are there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Until next time. So I was going through, pretend I didn't mention this earlier. So I was going through. Uh, oh, good. Here comes five minutes of Vic Stick. Sunday inserts. Yes. This is a true story. I was going through the Sunday inserts, and there was an interesting Into the coo- mic. There was an interesting co- uh, 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 coupon for a restaurant brew house. You're holding up the piece of paper. Uh, Make sure I, you, I have to, so uh, I don't forget what what it is. It's uh, a restaurant brew house called BJ's. Have you been there? I've been to BJ's brew house. How is it? Heavenly. Heavenly. Well. I, the coupon is, you know, come to BJ's, right? And in bold, it says, tastes great, feels great. And they were talking about the cherry chipotle glazed salmon. But, but it's a bit what, much. what did you think they were well, referring to? Well, it reminded me of some other places. There's a place in Falls Church that serves crawfish called Chasing Tails. That's, and, you know, a little questionable. And, of course, the place, you remember the place on Connecticut Avenue, the Big Hunt? The big so hunt. Say that the big again. Hunt. <laughs> I, I didn't hunt. hear you, Vic. Could you say it again? As David Skinner, no, but faster. Yes, as David Skinner would call it, Mike's place. Oh That's what no. David Skinner used to say. Uh, anyway, uh, Mike Hunt's place. Yes, thank you, Sonny. Um, wow, and uh, but it is, and well, 
that's all I have to say. There, but there are places like that. It's a little cheesy, but actually some of the places aren't that bad. So you're saying BJ's was pretty good. BJ's is good. They actually, it's like an actual brew pub. They make mm-hmm. their own beers there, and they're mm-hmm. they're real tasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. BJ's My, uh, BJ's is tasty. Mm-hmm. The straight shooters. Okay. Yeah. My brother is BJ. My brother's name yes. is BJ. And I what was that short for? Benjamin Joshua, and he in high school ran for student government. And put up a bunch of flyers all over the school saying, everybody deserves a BJ. And it lasted, I think, like 48 hours before somebody in administration, like the light bulb went off and they took them all down. And my brother was satisfied just to have gotten those posters up in school. He didn't need to. Worth it. Worth it. Totally worth it. Did he, wait, was he disqualified from the race or? I believe he lost in the electoral college. What? <laughs> High school kids, they don't know. Anything else, fellas? Oh, uh, one thing. Uh, my one uh, favorite, least favorite, least favorite, definitely least favorite uh, NFL playoff memory involves the Philadelphia uh, Eagles. Do tell. Fourth and 26. You remember so fourth and 26? Do I remember? Did I Did I show my... my Oldest son, fourth and twenty six <laughs> on YouTube. Fourteen <laughs> times this past weekend. Fourth and twenty six was. It's the one time when I have actually done physical uh, damage to a thing that I owned in anger about a sporting event. I threw the. Rem- I was watching it in my. I was right, watching explain it in my. For so in, uh, this was like uh, two thousand. It was the two thousand and. F- Three two thousand four season, uh, and the uh, uh, Green Bay Packers were playing the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs, and the Green Bay Packers all they needed to do was uh, stop the Eagles on fourth and twenty six to wrap up a victory, and they gave up a twenty eight yard pass or something, and I threw my remote on the ground and I smashed it into pieces. I was so angry. When they gave up that that play, uh, it's the one time. Literally, the only, I'm a notoriously angry person. I was gonna say you've been angry ever and since. And I uh, and I that is the only time that I've ever actually like done violence to something. Physical my, destruction. Yeah, yeah. Were you alone, or were there people there to witness the destruction? I, no, I was in. It was in my. It was in my frat house. I was in my room at the frat house by myself, watching it like eating a Domino's pizza, <laughs> just like just like <laughs> eating all of my feelings and smashing things. Was this what you were a bigger Sunny Bunch? Yeah, I was big. Bigger than Sherpa Float would never do that. Sherpa <laughs> Float is not nearly as angry. I uh, this is a true story. The only time in his life that Tom Brady has ever been shoved aside. Uh, I at the White House Correspondents' Dinner a number of years ago. I was in a room and there were a bunch of NFL players there who were guests, and I saw Donovan McNabb across oh. the room. And Tom Brady was in the way, and Tom Brady was like surrounded by a scrum of you know like beautiful, loose-looking women. And so I, I like you know I stiff-armed, I Heisman my way past Brady to get to Donovan McNabb. And I went up and introduced myself and said, hi, he lives in the same town that he did then live in the same town where I grew up. And uh, he was so great. I can't for a guy who probably has people come up to him 50 times a day saying, oh, I love you, Donovan McNabb. He was gracious and friendly and nice. We probably talked for 15 minutes and hung out. And uh, what what did you say to him? Always have fourth and 26. Fourth and 26. What did you say to him? That's what I want to know. Did you You control yourself? I remarkably I did uh, unlike you know like the time I met George Will I no, I totally I did not I was not in star mode at all Mm -hmm. I was I literally I just said you know hey I'm Jonathan last the weekly standard 
uh, you know, it's, I grew up in, in Morristown. I think that's where you live now. I, uh, and just thanks. I've, I've watched you your whole career, mm-hmm. and it's given me an enormous amount of, of joy, and uh, just thank you. Yeah. And he was totally cool. He was like, hey, well, thank you, man. That's so nice of you to say. And so, to be I fair, he's sense, used to- A lot of Philly fans yeah, he's, do that he's used to. He's used to Philly fans <laughs> coming up to me and like, boy, could have done better. <laughs> you could have done better, frankly, Don. All right. JVL? I'm sure it's fine. 